Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis, another great episode, video episode on tap for you with Steve of Confident Cannabis. This is a very important company that you may have not heard of yet. They started with a big lab testing software, but they have infiltrated brands all over the place. They're building this fantastic marketplace. That's the end goal. Steve is super sharp. He's raised a bunch of money and you're gonna see why. Thanks for joining us, guys. You can put anything you want in your ears and you chose to listen to me and I appreciate that. I promise you will learn a ton. I learned a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Steve, this is so overdue, man. Yeah. We first connected in 2015. Yeah. We've definitely shaken hands four times. At least, yeah. Um, you spoke at Elevate in 2016. We're just talking about how we're going to yeah, do that again in 2020. Really exciting. But welcome. Thank you so much for being Thanks here, for man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. We're in beautiful, rainy Venice Beach today. Which is a surprise because San Francisco was rainy too. I was hoping for some sun. You know, it's making yeah. me feel nostalgic. <laughs> I lived in San Francisco for nine years and it's the weather here is San Francisco. Yeah. Like, for, I yeah. mean, at least in the month of November so yeah. far. Yeah. yeah. It's December. Yeah. So anyway, man, I'm really happy to be here. I, you know, like we were saying earlier that um, when before we started this company ba way back in 2015, I mean, we started the company in 2015. But Which in weed years is, is like is forever. 175 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. We're almost, we're, we're four and a half years old. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I, I would watch your show and I saw the interview with Emily Paxia from Poseidon and David Hua from Meadow. And Shout out. Yeah. And uh, I, was, I was thinking, man, it'd be cool to be on that show one day. We gotta, we gotta really do a lot of work first, and then here well, we go. Four and a half years later, <laughs> that warms my heart to hear that. Yeah, that's exactly why we started doing this shit, is so that people could learn and be inspired. And that's so humbling, man. How much money have you raised? A fuckload of money. I wouldn't say it's a fuckload. It's not it's, by it's, Silicon Valley Stanford yeah. graduate school numbers, but by <laughs> cannabis, it is. Yeah. So we've we've done three rounds, and we've done eighteen million. Today. That's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. For you to say that you're excited to be on my show after raising $18 million is a big deal. Well, it's true, man. I'm going to do... Guys are OG. Okay. This is a really <laughs> authentic plug that I'm going to do for the sponsor of this episode. Are you ready? Yeah. NorCal Cannabis Company. Yeah. Know you them. know them yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Right? This is our sponsor. Cool. They told me when they signed our contract that they paid four for advertising on four podcasts. Are you ready for this? Yeah. High Times... New York Times, NPR, and investing in cannabis. That's cool. You're a good company there. Dude, I almost yeah. cried. I was like, wow. And the numbers are consistent with that as well. The dollars. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, shout out NorCal. Was that an authentic plug or was that an authentic that, plug? That was good. I think they deliver to 10 million Californians within 60 minutes. Wow. That's wow. fucking impressive, that right? Is. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, let's get into the show. All right. Tell me what Confident Cannabis is. Yeah. So Confident Cannabis is a software platform that helps cannabis operators buy and sell from each other more efficiently. We do that with lab testing software that helps everybody see what's out there and make sure it's lab tested and, and uh, compliant. And then we help uh, buyers track uh, you know, the whole transaction workflow. 
And that's really been the entry point, right? Is the lab testing right. product. This that's, is this is a land and expand strategy that was thought of ahead of time. Yeah, so we haven't pivoted. Um, it's been a, a two-part strategy from the beginning. Step one is, if we're going to be if we're going to be successful marketplace, we need to have lots of supply, and we need to have lots of information, which means lab data about the supply. So we took the long hard road of step one: build lab software, get all that lab data, get all the vendors who test with those labs signed up. And we did that for about three years. Went pretty well. We have about half of the cannabis produced in the U.S. every month going through our platform. And step two is effectively put a buy button on the on those results. And so that's the marketplace. Amazing. And so we launched our marketplace in Oregon a year ago, and then we're launching our marketplace in California. We're soft launching right now, uh, but uh, quietly. Yeah. Quietly. Yeah. So what does that mean? Right what now is, a playbook is to December, move to California. right? Uh, November, December. Uh, and then, you know, we'll start inviting other buyers to the platform to actually start transacting in January, February. So it's like a closed group of buyers. Sorry for this. Uh, right now, it's just onboarding vendors. Yeah. So we have about 40 percent of the vendors in California on the lab testing platform. And we're kind of, you know, making sure that people are ready, willing and able with nice listings and everything right like that right now. So when we launch, we have, you know, upwards of 20 great brands with great products, prices, everything's ready to go. Amazing. Yeah. And tell me about Oregon, right? Like yeah. this is the the test case. Yeah. And did you think I'm going to start in Oregon and then go to California? I'm going to figure it out in Oregon and then go to what is the 800-pound gorilla in yeah. California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, just for context, when we started in 2015, recreational wasn't legalized in California yet. Yeah. So we okay. didn't know if it would happen, Yeah. right? But we kind of expected it yeah. to. So we didn't really say California is the second state. We never kind of made that conscious decision. But we did say Oregon first, right? Oregon first for lots of reasons. You know, uh, it's, 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 a, it's not a tiny state, but it's also not the, you're not betting the farm day one. Uh-huh. Um, it's, there are lots Just of buyers and sellers. Just for perspective, how many people live in Oregon? I think the number's about 4 million. Yeah. My 21-year-old sister's a junior at the University of Oregon. Um, she loves it there. Um, anyway, side yeah. side note. Yeah. But so 4 million people in Oregon. Compared to California's 40 million. Yeah. Right? Okay. So it's one-tenth the size of California. Um, and But it has a lot of similarities, right? It's, it's got a really long-standing cannabis culture. There's lots of, you know great products, farms, uh, you know, the regulations at the time were really, you know, forward thinking, well developed. Uh, lab testing was a big deal back then. And now it's since been a big deal in almost every other state. So for lots of reasons, Cali uh, Oregon was was kind of a leading indicator for us. And we saw that this would be a really great place to try out our model. You know, examples where we wouldn't have a good time right now is, let's say, New York right now, right? Very vertical, very constrained Florida. We don't need to be there right now. But I think, you know, in the future, every, every, every state's going to look more like California and Oregon, right? Um, is that a good thing? California's kind of fucked it up, in my opinion. California's fucked up the implementation, but the, but the, the ecosystem is really strong, right? Uh -huh. You know, people in California are very... And by ecosystem, you mean there's a lot of stoners? There's a lot of stoners. There, there are a lot of you know knowledgeable people. There are a lot of great products coming out. A lot of innovation. Lots of you know it's it's a free market. Anybody can be an entrepreneur, start a company. Uh, you can't do that in these other states that have limited licensing, right? So yeah, I think California is a great model from an ecosystem perspective. But what about the taxes? Yeah, taxes are never good. Um, you know, we're an ancillary company, so we don't have to pay those yeah, same. Yeah, you're taxes. a very smart man. 
Well, I don't know if that's smart. It's just that you thought yeah. about this, right? Well, yeah, we, we, we wanted to be nationwide. So that was one big thing that when we when we started a company, we wanted to be able to do this nationwide. And at the time, the regulations didn't look like we could be plant touching and be nationwide at the same time. Um, a lot of, you know, uh, brands or plant touching companies are able to do nationwide right now. But they have to jump through all these hoops, and it's hard to get banking, and you have to license your brands in these weird ways. So we didn't want to deal with that. So yeah, taxes in California, taxes are going up next year. That's oh. that's a bummer. I, oh. th I think it's a really bad idea unless the state desperately needs the money for something. So you're a, you're because, a data guy. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> on multiple occasions that between 60 and 80% of cannabis sold in California is illicit, yeah. is illegal illegal and uh, so is that true what's your percentage what's your best guess because data in the cannabis industry yeah as you know yeah so i don't know if it's 60 to 80 percent but that wouldn't really surprise me all that much um especially if you consider those purchases going out of state so maybe those purchases are happening in state and going out of state who knows but um yeah, that's it, true. It, that's fair. It, it's 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 definitely a large chunk. I, I saw data in, in Colorado, for instance, that it was 10 percent. I don't think California is anywhere near 10 percent. Um, but, you know, an, the other big part of it is 10 percent. What is illicit? That's it. That's it. I mean, that's that, that's the stuff that I read from the from the state. I think that it might be as much as the inverse of that. In Colorado? No. Oh, in California. In California. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think there's so many people that buy weed that are just off the grid, man. I mean, for starters, how many illegal aliens are there here? I know undocumented citizens. Honestly, Mexicans are the best people in the whole world. I love Mexicans and Latin Americans, Latinos of all kinds. That's I good, lived in I'm Spain. <laughs> I lived in Spain. I love you too, buddy. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you, man. Um, but Let's be honest, like how many undocumented Latinos are there here in California? How many of them smoke weed? These are the hardest working people in the world. They're fucking breaking their back. They're definitely smoking weed at night, you know? Maybe, maybe. You know, I actually think that... I guess they're really religious. So, so I grew up in Mexico. and in Mexi Where? In Mexico City. Okay. Um, and and far fewer people smoked weed in Mexico City than, than in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it wasn't just like my neighborhood, my school, or anything like that. It, it just has a very different culture. Now, people drink a lot, right? People drink a lot more in Mexico than in the U.S. Drinking age really? is lower. It's a lot more Everybody tolerated. is hammered in L.A., man. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but that's because they're going to like clubs and stuff and bars. Yeah, right? I know. I know. Yeah. San Francisco's um, not like that, yeah. right? You live in San Francisco. Uh, I, I live in the in the, in the peninsula. Yes, yeah, so not where? San Francisco, where do you live? In Menlo Park. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I live in the burbs. You're, okay. Yeah. So let's go back to this. You are 100% a tech bro, right? Maybe. Truth. I have to own it. Just I guess. own it, man. I am too. Yeah. It was my whole 20s. It was yeah. my entire 20s. Sure. I feel very grateful that I've made this transition as you have into cannabis. It's way more fun. It's way better. It's way better. But, but if I put my investor hat on, you obviously thought about this ahead of time. If I don't have a plant touching business, if I focus on a national brand and offering, I can raise $18 million. That, you thought about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we thought a lot about our business model. And so, you know, when we talk about what we do to cannabis people, they kind of get it. They understand why lab testing leads to marketplace because uh -huh. that's all the supply and it has to be tested anyway. But when we talk to people outside the industry, they don't they don't get it. They're like, there's never been a marketplace that started with a 
lab software. That's crazy. What are you doing? And the reason we kind of arrived at it was just thinking a lot about the industry and seeing what problems were out there. And we heard over and over that buying and selling is too hard. And if we could just know what's out there, what's being made and who makes it and give it to the world in real time, then that would help solve that problem. But then we said, okay, well, how do we get all that information? So we kind of let that, that's how we got to labs. Um, and it was this, you know, decision, you know, are we going to build Gmail to build Google? Right? Uh-huh, our our uh-huh. YC mentor told us that, Mike Siebel. He's like, You're you great. were the first cannabis company second, in YC? Second, Meadow was first, yeah. Meadow was first, yeah. got it, yeah. okay. So, Shout um, out David Hua, I miss him. I used to live a block from him in North man. Beach. Yeah. And his wonderful family, Stephanie and their daughter. Uh, anyway, shout yeah. out. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's cool. We're going to see him next week in Vegas. Yeah. We're co-hosting an yeah. event there. Um, the the brunch thing? Yeah, the Wake and Bake. Yeah, I went to that. Yeah. It's delicious. You come. Are you um, coming again? I don't know if I'm going to be in Vegas. I'm still undecided. I might go for like a day. Go for I that. I kind of hate it. I'm, I'm with you, but you should go for the brunch. I've been the last three <laughs> years in a row. I would come for the brunch, actually. So Hash House A Go-Go, yep. total side tangent. Yeah. The guy that founded Hash House A Go-Go is uh, my family hired as a restaurant consultant to build our restaurant brand. And so Great Maple, which is my family's restaurant chain, there's four of them cool. in Southern California, awesome. was designed, essentially, it's been tweaked a lot, and my older sister runs it. She's put a lot of... Uh, effort into it, but originally was designed by Johnny Rivera, who also started Hash House. So just yeah. kind of a you know, you funny little it's all thing. All in the family. Yeah, all in the family. Yeah. Um, so you've raised $18 million. The last tranche was when? When did you close it? Yeah. So the Series A we announced in April of this uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Poseidon. Poseidon was the lead. We also had Y Combinator, Bullpen Capital. Um, and Bullpen did the first round, right? Bullpen did our second round. Did the second round. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So you did a friends and family, or you did a seed? To uh, start no. With? So the first round was was a, a three million dollars seed uh, coming out of YC. And did you have money and, in it already? Uh, no? We we had a, a few uh, friends. I didn't I didn't invite family. Um, Software. But, you didn't but, need that much money. Uh, and you're technical. Yeah. You're. I'm actually not. So so yeah. I you know you say I'm a tech bro, but I'm actually not the tech guy in the company at all. I'm yeah. not either, but I, my whole career <laughs> yeah. was in technology. Yeah. So yeah. So actually this is my first time in tech too. Yeah. yeah. So tech and cannabis are kind of new. Uh, before this, I was in finance in New York in the consumer products industry actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So well, um, that's very relevant. Yeah. Which CPG is, which stuff. Which is why I was interested in cannabis, right? So yeah. I, I wanted it to be. Legal. I didn't mean I to typecast you, man. It's all good. I'll own it. I mean, I am wearing this, right? You are. It's you. For those in the podcast, Dude, this, you're, is a, you're, this is a Patagonia. You're widely recognized <laughs> in the canvas industry as like one of the great minds that we have, man. That's that's too much. I can't take that no, one. No, shut <laughs> up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. I've talked to several people. Go talk to uh, who owns, he was on the show, the other founder in Trees. Um, Sharif. Oh, yeah. Sharif. Direct yeah, from his fucking mouth what I just said. Sharif's the man. Yeah. 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 yeah, Sharif was actually one of our first customers. He's related to this. Sharif lab, was one of everybody's uh, first. Was customers. our first first customer. It's a lab called EA Labs. He was an owner in, in that lab, and um, this is this is a classic like little startup story. So uh, we're in YC. They're like, "What are your, what's your growth rate? We don't have a growth rate. We haven't shipped our product yet. Like, well, you got to ship it. It's not going to be ready for two months. You got to ship it next week. Like, what are we going to do? Okay, fine. So we hacked something together, together, and we gave it to Sharif's lab, EA Labs, uh, and Justin Fischetic. Shout out to Justin. Uh, he's one of the best scientists in the, in the whole industry. Uh-huh. Um, he's like, yeah, I'll use your software. And it had like no features. 
and he used it for a week and he says, guys, I can't use it anymore. We lost our first customer. And we said, okay, well, just tell us everything you need. We wrote down a list. All right, give us two weeks. We go and we bang it all out. We come back two weeks later, we give it to him. All right, now start using it. He used it for a week and says, guys, I can't use it anymore. So he said, what do you need? And, and so it was back and forth and it was totally humiliating being in these YC meetings where they're like, what's your growth rate? And we don't have one. And by the way, we lost our first customer two times, <laughs> right? Um, so, but you know, you just keep at it and you keep just hacking keep away. Going. And then, and then, you know, now we have- And you fun. stay nimble, yeah. right? You stay flexible. I mean, honestly, if you're listening to this and you're a founder, you should rewind that because that was the perfect example of the lean startup model and how you should do it. And you've got to create an MVP. You've got to do it quickly. You're running out of money. You're running out of time. You got to get it in the hands of someone that's actually going to use it. Right. They're going to give you that brutal feedback and you better be able to change quickly. That's yeah. how you build a tech startup. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you keep going. And so we have a really strong philosophy uh, that we only want to build what customers ask for. Uh -huh. So we have our master plan vision, which is you know helping the cannabis industry buy and sell more efficiently. That's going to stay there until we believe for some reason that that's not a problem anymore or somebody else solved it better than we can, uh, which isn't the case yet. But um, with with that is really the only guide. Everything else, like, okay, so what do you need? How do we make it better? You know, listen to feedback. Um, and I think that's carried us well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because sometimes you disagree with your customers. You want to go in a different direction. But um, if you don't build something people want, then nobody's going to use it. Very well said. So tell me about the traction, the inflection points that led you to raise more money? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the first inflection point, which which was, I have to say is Y Combinator, um, we, we, we pitched that demo day with, with no real software, no product, no customers. Yeah, this is a lot. And, and we, happened to, we happened to raise $3 million from that, which is insane. Like, you know, 2015 Silicon Valley that's the only way we could have done that. So getting into YC was pivotal for that first round. Um, Tell me about your YC interview. Because this is the thing. They bring you yeah. in for 15 minutes. Yeah. And what do they say? Well, they asked us a bunch of questions which are completely irrelevant. And I think that the, the way that we answered them gave them confidence that we could either figure things out or um, disagree with conviction. Right? So they, they asked questions like, um, well, so why don't you just go nationwide? And we had to explain, you know, interstate commerce is illegal. It's like, well, why don't you just, you know, be a distributor? I'm like, well, because then we have to get a license and we can, you know, and explain licensing. And so all, all these... They were that knowledgeable about it. Well, yeah. I mean, they were just thinking cannabis is going to look like, you know, consumer packaged goods, uh, food and beverage. But, right? they, but they had enough foresight to... I mean, they obviously had read your application. Yeah. They were familiar. Yeah, and yeah. so... so um, so Justin Kahn, who was one of the partners who interviewed us, you get three people interviewing you. Justin Kahn um, was the, was really close to Meadow. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, uh, so he, he knows the industry relatively well. Um, and he kind of vouched for us to get in. Got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like, you know, you don't have a chance to He knows it pretty well. I mean, yeah. his name's popping up in all kinds of cannabis stuff now. Yeah. He yeah. spoke at the um, the DCM conference, right? In, right. Yeah, right. yeah. Did you go to that? Yeah. Yeah, that was I a good I didn't one, go. Actually. Was it good? I thought it was really good. Got yeah. It. Yeah. 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 I should have gone. I don't um, know. I was somewhere else. Yeah, so anyway, that was the first inflection point. The next inflection point was when we got to 50% of nationwide supply uh -huh. um, with our lab software. Uh -huh. And so that was what we used to, to so bring a bullpen. So break that down. 50% of the legal cannabis right. in the country yeah. is now going through your software. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty tremendous moment. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and the way we measure that is by, you know, seeing how many labs are out there, seeing which states require lab testing, looking at the clients who test with those labs and comparing that to the public list of licenses. And so, yeah, we have roughly 50 percent. Uh, today, it's a little more than 50 percent, but the market's grown a lot. So it's hard to keep that number yeah. fixed. What um, does that mean yeah. in terms of dollars? Yeah. So uh, we, we look at the wholesale value, right? Because we're not a we're, we, we don't we don't do retail to consumer. So um, nationwide, let's say, you know, 2019 retail sales is maybe 13 billion. We estimate two thirds of that is wholesale. And it's not it's not to say that there's only a 50 percent markup because there's there's a bigger market. But uh, a lot of cannabis gets traded back and forth. Right. So, for instance, we can participate in the bulk biomass to the extractor and then the bulk oils to the edibles manufacturer. And those are all the same THC molecule getting traded more than once. Right. So let's say the, the wholesale market's about nine billion. And we have about four and a half billion of that. Okay. Yeah. That's a big number. It's a big number. But, you know, it's all, it's all and, and latent how, supply, right? How consistent is the formula of that GMV? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Yeah. We call it, uh, I think we call it implied GMV for our... Okay. Implied, it's implied GMV. Because yeah, we know the batch exists because of the test, yeah. but we don't know if that's a five pound batch or 50 pound so batch. So gross market value, yeah. right, of four billion. And how closely does that translate to the money that you raise? Or is it, we need X dollars? It's more we need X dollars, yeah. So, um, so the first two rounds we did using a safe, which uh, you can just pick a cap uh-huh. and, and we didn't, yeah, we just said, okay, here's our you know, cap, which is kind of a valuation. Did you do um, a discount as well? We didn't do a discount as well. And yeah. how did you make that decision? We didn't need to do a discount as well. You had plenty of takers. Yeah, we were oversubscribed in a, a month or two for sure. both rounds. Sure. And, so, uh, we didn't and how take. valuable is the Stanford network in raising that money? Um, really not that valuable. No? <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Because yeah. you know, people that listen to this show, they're faced with all these questions. Do I go get a Stanford MBA? Do I work at Google? Do I raise now? Do I raise later? All these things that you yeah. successfully have traversed. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I, I loved my Stanford experience. I learned a lot of good, good things, but the network hasn't really been there for, I mean, we might have, I don't know, less than 10% of our capital raised came from some sort of Stanford network. Okay. Yeah, pretty small. Okay. Maybe a couple people, but not, not okay. a lot. And um, YC. How about YC? YC's been great. Y, y, YC's invested, uh, you know, north of five million dollars in our company so far. Wow. Um, so. And what yeah. class were you? When did you go through? 2015. Oh, yeah. so it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, they got to be pretty happy about this one. You're trending the right direction. I mean, yeah. I know they have some big ones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we're definitely not in the top 10 percent of their but pack. Still, but but, <laughs> yeah. but this is a new asset yeah. class for them. Yeah. It is. It's different. Whether they want to admit it or not, they're yeah. talking CPG, you know? They, they have a lot not of CPU. other great YC You like that? CPG, not CPU. Yeah. I'm actually a that, rapper, that was clever. Too. That I'm was a clever. rapper, too. I almost missed that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they invested in cool companies like Navis. Um, and Love Navis. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another YC company. He's been company. on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have, they have a pretty good cannabis exposure now. They've, they've done a lot in this space since. Well, like five? No, I think it's been a lot more than five. A lot more? Yeah, I think it's more than 10. Okay. Yeah. There's um, probably some I don't even know. A, a California Dreamin's been on the show. Yeah. Flower Company. Flower, Flower Co. Flower yeah. Co. Yeah. Been on the show. Yeah. Who else? They're great. There was one that failed, right? A banking thing? There was... Certera or... There was one in our... There was a Bitcoin banking thing 
in our class that, that ended up failing. What was that called? Um, Can you remember? I can't even remember right now. I saw them. Um, I don't know. I the, the guy's name was Tariq. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but, that was uh, early days. But, but they also have like, um, like a, a tissue culture cloning company. Uh, they have some yeast oh, really? cannabinoid menu. It's like some really crazy biotech stuff. Um, you know about but, but Node Labs? Yeah, I've heard of Node Labs. Felipe and yeah. those guys? I don't, I don't know if Dan? I've heard of them, yeah. yeah. Felipe is a character. I don't know. You should. Interesting dude. I will, I will. We got to have him on the show too. We got to have an icy news with Felipe. He's, dude, his brain. He's like mapped out the entire future of the cannabis industry. And like from all levels and he's placed a bet in every portion. He's crazy dude. Like honestly. Yeah. You know, he's like um That's what we call an indeterminate optimist. This is going to be <laughs> a huge compliment. But he's like a sort of renaissance type guy. Like he's all he over the place. Lots of different things. Um and he's brilliant, but he's just like scattered. So it's exciting to be yeah. around him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Anyway. Full of ideas, yeah. Anyway, um, so there's probably few people that have a better perspective on lab testing than you do. Yeah, know a um, lot about that. And it's all over the place, right? I mean, there was a time where I read that some crazy percentage, 65% of, of stuff like had pesticides and shit in it. Yeah. And then we clean that up, I think. For the most part. The yeah. result is we have a lot shittier weed, unfortunately, but we did clean that up. Um, and now it seems that the focus has come to the vape market and vape gate. I've talked a lot about it on this show, but people never seem to get sick of this topic. Yeah. I guess it's very relevant for them. Yeah. Well, I think it's a really good metaphor for, um, how regulators just haven't learned the lesson. Right. So we, we, we wrote an article that's coming out in entrepreneur magazine, which which is you know it's not really relevant anymore because Vapegate is kind of old news at this point. But it's is more, it though? It, it's not. That's the point. It's, yeah. it's it's like a it's like a metaphor for. So for instance, you would think that the regulators and the law, the lawmakers who legalize cannabis did it in part because they said if we make something illegal, it makes it unsafe and we can't track it. But if we legalize it, people are going to continue to do it, but they'll do it in a safer way. That's kind of the premise of legalization, I think, in you know, large part, right? Uh-huh. It's not the only reason, but it's an important reason. All of a sudden, you get Vapegate, and they're like, the first thing they do is make it illegal. They ban these vapes. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? Everybody goes to the illicit market where they're buying the most harmful kind of vapes. And the stuff that was legal ended up being fine anyway. You know, I haven't heard it's anybody like, come put on, it. guys. Put it together. I haven't had, heard anybody put it that succinctly, but you're 100% yeah. right, man. Yeah, I it's mean. like... When are you going to learn your lesson, yeah. guys? Like every single time something goes wrong, we should legalize it. Right. We should every right. time there's an opiate the other death, way. Let's legalize yeah. it. Every, you know all yeah. these things and let's regulate it because that's the only way you can make it safer. Right. Right. And and we have. I feel like in California, we've done a lot to make it safe. Right. I mean, I'm very confident that if you go into MedMen, and I'm just going to pick MedMen because everybody knows what that is. I don't go to MedMen, but. Actually, I don't really go anywhere. It's I'm so lucky. People just bring me weed. <laughs> I yeah. honestly, it's one of the things we thought. You thought you said you talked about. You thought a lot about your business strategy. Eric and I thought about this. How do we get thought, free weed? <laughs> yeah, we'll never pay for weed again. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's good. <laughs> Side note: uh, What was I saying? What were we talking Med-Men? about? MedMen. Yeah. Okay. So I'm very confident that if you go into MedMen today. And you buy a vape, 
Chemistry. They're a client it's of ours. Brand. So. Great brand. Yeah. Best vape in the world. Still, for me. They had a really great silent disco at Meadowlands. Oh, I'm glad you had fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. Cool. <laughs> no, that's real, man. That's what these brands are trying to do, right? They yeah, want people cool. to walk away and say, I had fun. Yeah. That's, that's cool. You associate chemistry now with that fun. Yeah. That's great. how you build a brand, yeah, right? Yeah, it was cool. Okay, so yeah. if I go into MedMen and I buy a chemistry cart, maybe Blood Orange Kush, that's the best one they've ever made. I'm so confident. I'm confident cannabis that you're going to be good. You're yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. You know? Um, look, if you're smoking four carts a day, well, you're going to have a problem, right? right? Are we shocked that vaping is potentially dangerous, yeah. you know? yeah. Give me a fucking break. It's got to like, be pretty hard to smoke four in a day. Those things last a long time for me. So I won't <laughs> call her out, but I met a brand ambassador recently, and they're going to be a sponsor on the show, so I'm not going right, to name it. Right. But she comes over, and in kind, I give her a chemistry vape cart because I'm also a brand ambassador in my own way. And the next day she came back because she actually brought me the wrong weed, and she had to bring it back. I didn't care, but she really cared. She's like, yeah, I smoked half the card already. It's really good. Wow. On the way. And it had been like 12 hours, you know? And I was like, I mean, rad. Obviously, I gave it to the right person, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. For me, cards are like like those old big pens where you never really get to finish it, you know? And if you yeah. ever fit, you did it once in your life where you got to the end of a pen, right? You end up losing them or breaking them. It's like the same thing with me and my cards, right? Mm. Like I give them to people, my cousin steals it, whatever, mm. right? I'd never finish a card. Girls, <laughs> girls always end up with my vapes because yeah. I'm hammered and I'm outside a bar and they're like, oh, let me try that. And then just disappears. Yeah. Just disappears. Yeah. You never finish cards. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so... Talk to me more about this vape gate. What does the testing actually say? How many of these batches are failing? So one thing is failing for the things that uh, regulations didn't allow. Another thing is failing for the things that cause vape gate. So the CDC put out, the, the we all knew that it was vitamin E acetate, right? Like a lot of people in the industry kind of connected the dots at that point. But the CDC finally said, yeah, it was vitamin E acetate was the main culprit. That wasn't a banned chemical, and it still isn't in most states yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some states are starting to ban vitamin E acetate in, in vapes for, for obvious reasons. So things could have been passing regulatory testing and had vitamin E in them. But we know from you know talking to patients, looking at their purchase behaviors and all these things, that they weren't actually, for the most part, buying through legal stores. And... Um, when this whole thing came out, labs started offering vitamin E, even if it wasn't required, and nobody, nobody has vitamin E in it. Vitamin E is just a really cheap way to cut the, cut the oil, you know? Um, so, yeah, it, it's basically cutting it, right? It's, it's just a cheap oil that looks Yeah, cool, I mean, this right? is the baby, baby powder and the cocaine, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah so, um, so good legal operators don't need to do that. It's usually just cannabis and terpenes. Maybe they'll add PEG or something like that, but... Um, you, you're not going to use vitamin E. It's kind of creative. So I don't actually. think you answered the question. Um, so what percentage of failures? Yeah. Well, it depends so much on the state and the point in time. Okay. Right. So for example, um, and it depends on the product category. So you know, uh, just for example, in, in Michigan right now, um, you know, the the medical uh, legislation's new. It's about a year in. Adult use is starting now. 
Um, so everybody's moving from this, you know, caregiver model to a licensed business model and everything's kind of changing and the licensed operators are brand new. They don't know what they're doing. They're making mistakes. Um, and their caregivers just didn't really have to think about these things before. Um, and so, yeah, in, in Michigan, a lot of people are failing. Um, doesn't mean they're evil there. It doesn't mean the weed's bad there. It's just they're, they have to, they have to adapt in Oregon. That's had the same regulations for the most part for years. Almost everybody passes when Nevada started, uh, testing, Almost everybody failed. Now almost everybody passes. Okay. So it just depends. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. But the overwhelming result is that... The legal stuff was passing. Before the, the, too long. Yeah. 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 Anything that you buy... I don't want to say 100% because yeah. it's too strong. It's science. Yeah. But, but the vast majority of the stuff you buy in a legal store or from a legal de- delivery company is going to be safe. Uh-huh. Like there's no reason to fear, you know, getting, uh, you know, whatever it's called, uh, v- VAPI yeah. uh, syndrome. Yeah. By, by buying chemistry cards or PAX cards. Do you have a feeling for how many of those cases are cannabis versus nicotine vapes? I think most of them were cannabis. Because, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think. I think. Because not to say that nicotine wasn't also part of the problem, but I think it was mostly um, the, the cannabis cards that were diluted with vitamin E. I don't think nicotine right. cards were diluted with vitamin E. Yeah, because they're cheap and right. you don't buy them illegally, right? right. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've got half the market. Congratulations. You don't feel that way. No, I do. Not enough. It's not, I don't want to like, you know, boast about it. It's, well, it's, I'm know. boasting for you, man. That's <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah, it's cool. You know, there's a lot of bullshit software operators in the world, but you know that. So there are others. Mm-hmm. Um, give me the pitch. Why, why, why do I want to use Confident Cannabis? Yeah. So... If you're a retailer, for instance, um, you deal with maybe, you know, 30, 40 vendors. You could, you know, go to their website every time you need to restock. You could text your sales rep, email them. It takes a ton of time to know what's out there. And, it, and in a market like California that's changing, everybody's co- going in and out of business. Some people are on metrics. Some people aren't. You have to stay compliant. Um, it's just really hard to know what's out there. Um, so if you go to a place like Confident Cannabis, it's a one-stop shop. You can see, you know, 10 out of the 20 vendors that you use regularly and you can discover other new vendors. So let's say, you know, you carry, you know, a gelato strain that's selling really well um, and all of a sudden you're out. You need to find something similar, but you don't know who to go to. You go to Confident Cannabis, search gelato, boom, there you see the 10 other gelato strains that are in stock, tested, available right now and you didn't know who the farms were before Uh and you can compare the quality and all that stuff. I love that strain, by the way. It's a good strain. So... Anyway, so so that it, you know, there's a one-stop shop to find everybody you're currently carrying and and discover new people you're not carrying. As a vendor, it's super easy because all you need to do is test like you already are. We automatically create those inventory listings for you, so you don't have to do that heavy lifting. And then you just sit back and get orders. You don't pay us unless you get orders. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That pitch is like you don't pay us unless you get orders. Yeah. I used to make that pitch. You know, I worked for OnFleet. For yeah. a long time. Yeah. And um, in the beginning, to get our customer base started, we had a pay by the credit. Um, so like you paid per delivery. Okay. And so I would tell dispensaries all the time, I would say, look, we don't make any money unless, unless you, you do a delivery and you right. make money and you're paying us like 12 cents or something. Right. You know? Right. And you made 50 yeah. bucks. Right. You know? And yeah. they're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I get that. Yeah. You know? So yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about the 
what you're going to do with the the newest tranche of money. So five million dollars came in of the eighteen. Is that uh, what you Twelve. Said? Twelve of the yeah, eighteen. Yeah, so last round was twelve. So you had raised six, yeah. three and three. Were they yeah, in equal roughly. parts? Yeah. Okay. And that got you to what kind of revenue point where you were? You don't have to talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, we're not going to disclose revenues okay. publicly. Um, See, that's my job. Yeah. I ask the questions, yeah. and then you have to say no. Yeah. It's just like I, yeah. I, I can tell you what we used the the the, the last tranche for though. Um, okay, great. So when we raised the Series A, we had I think eleven or twelve employees, yeah. and now we have thirty six people. Which is great. Amazing. Which is awesome. Amazing. And uh, now we actually have a team to do all the awesome things that we wanted. And to you're do. hiring still. I saw on your LinkedIn. You're still hiring. What are you hiring yeah. for? Yeah, uh, we can. We'll take all the engineers and salespeople we can. Okay. So people can what, build things. And what people kind can of engineers? Things. What kind of languages? Uh, yeah. So our tech stack is um, um, Django and um, um, React on the uh-huh. front end. Yeah. Um, AWS. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, not everybody. A lot of people, people know that. Yeah, yeah, Big yeah. market for that. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Django's the best Tarantino movie, by the way. <laughs> just, 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 oh, yeah. Side note. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you said Because I, I was just talking about the new Tarantino movie. <laughs> with, with did you Brad like it? Yeah, I, I, well, how many I, minutes I, are I we into the show? Oh, good. We could talk about whatever we want now. Because <laughs> the way it works is the first half, I try to be crisp because people listen. And then at some point, a lot of people drop off. Yeah. And so then if you're really still listening to this after 30 minutes, yeah. like you're you, a fan, yeah. you know? You, like, you, you keep going. So, yeah. I, I want to know Steve's opinion on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, I liked it. I mean, not a lot happens. It was very different Tarantino, but I think they got the period piece really well. The acting was awesome. What I didn't really understand was how did the Charles Manson thing fit in? Like, was that the story? Or was that that the foil? Like, what what was it? So the way I interpreted it was that's what you think's going to happen the whole time. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, no spoiler but, alert. But uh, yeah, it was to me it was a liter- literary device to get you interested and be a little bit nervous throughout the whole movie until you find out uh, what actually happens. Got it. Because otherwise, without that Manson piece, it's just a guy going about his day, and it would be three hours of pretty boring stuff. I well, think. it was pretty boring. It was yeah. really well made. I wasn't too bored. Like, I was okay. wondering where it's going, but I wasn't really bored. But, like, compared to Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, it's definitely not Or that. Django. There's only like, one violent scene, and it's beautifully violent, but it's like ten, five, ten minutes at the end. You know what I would say is so the longtime director of this show actually is a filmmaker. He, he pays his bills by doing Kickstarter shit, you know. Now he has a startup. It's in the launch incubator, actually, which is dope. Cool. That's how we met. We both worked on Jason's podcast together. Okay. He was the director for that cool. show. So he loves Tarantino, like loves Tarantino. And he's like, you got to go to the theater to watch this movie. And you know, I didn't need to. It could have come out. I torrent movies. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I watched the, the, the extras at the end that explained it. And that gave me a whole much deeper level, oh. level, level of appreciation. Because oh. I finished Where it. Where did you watch that? I, I just watched it at home over Thanksgiving. Like on YouTube or what? Uh, I think it was Apple TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and because it was very critically acclaimed, great director. Yeah. And I, I wasn't bored. I was just like, I just got the end. And I was like, I don't really understand it. Like, I'm not getting it. And then I saw the, the extras that kind of like explained it. I'm like, okay, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm not a movie expert, so I need that little bit of people need to tell me. <laughs> so, okay, so you've raised the $12 million in this tranche, and with that money, you're going to hire more people, more engineers, 
Yep. How many engineers do you need? We have. Uh, so, so we have, we have a, a pretty solid team, but, um, you know, we're always looking for great people. They're really hard to find. Um, so yeah, we don't need a gigantic, I mean, 35 isn't a huge company. A lot of no. other companies our age who are, it's very time, lean. Yeah. Or I don't know what your revenue yeah. number is, but it's yeah. lean. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't need to spend like crazy. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, we, we always want to look for more engineers. So yeah, the next, the next round would really be to kind of rinse and repeat. Okay. Right. So we proved out the model for, uh, you know, lab testing the marketplace. That's going well in, you know, Oregon. And, you know, by the, by the time we raise our round middle of next year, it'll be going well in California, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a really great pitch to investors to say, hey, look, we did in these two markets. There are, you know, 25 other markets we can go to. Give us money to, you know, scale that. Gasoline on the fire. That's the pitch. Rinse and repeat. Copy okay. paste. Okay. Yeah. And how much will you need? Uh, you want to do a B when? Second half of 2020? Something like that. In a year? Yeah. Yeah, probably before a year. But oh, yeah, yeah, the holidays. Yeah. Terrible. Six, six to nine months, I October guess. October yeah. Yeah. close 2020. Maybe, yeah. Of how much money? I don't know. Probably 20-ish. Big number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And maybe not in revenue terms, but is there another KPI... You can point us to that you hope to reach by that point. I guess just we need four charts going up and to the right. That's always that's always my thing. I think I, I learned <laughs> that from uh, Reed Hoffman. It's like if, if you have four charts going up and to the right, you can raise a billion dollars. Reed Hoffman yeah. of LinkedIn fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I just like the simplicity of that. So we just need four charts going up and to the right. Amazing. <laughs> and is your deck just four charts? No, no. We do a lot more than that because. Uh, so my, my this co- is a delicate thing too. Yeah. Can I ask you about this? Because sure. I spend a lot of time working with founders on their deck and their pitch and their presentation and basically how to address middle-aged white men and raise money, right? That's my wheelhouse, like middle-aged white dudes. And if I were gay, oh my God, I would be so well-kept. <laughs> Jesus. But anyway, so tell me about your deck and approaching people and the fundraising process. I mean, you're a wealth of knowledge right now. Yeah, so... It depends who we talk to. Um, you know, I, I, I see fundraising like sales, right? A lot of people don't think of it like that. Um, it's, 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 it's a sales pitch. And, and like any good sales pitch, you have to know your audience and you have to know what their problems are. So knowing who you're talking to. So some investors have too much money. They don't have enough investable targets. Uh-huh. And so you have to make the point that... Deal flow. Yeah, you got to give them FOMO and you got to say you're the, you're the hottest game in town and you're going to close around if they're not in, you know. And so how do you determine they're the right sucker for that ploy? Well, I wouldn't say they're suckers because maybe they're really successful. Um, I mean, they have a lot of money for some reason. Right? But you're running um, your game, right? Yeah. But I then mean. other people are, you know, people you really want to convince to maybe, be, maybe they can't write a big check, but they're really valuable for advice or something or just to be in your ne- network. For, for them, you got to know what they're good at and say, like, this is how you can help, right? So another kind of thing that I like to do is if you want money, ask for advice. If you want advice, ask for money. That's one of the best quotes yeah. ever. Yeah. Who, I don't do know you know who said, who said that? that? No, I don't know. But we got to find but out. I definitely Eric, can you use find it all out the time. who said that? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I say, look, you know, here's where we are. This is exciting. That's cool. You get the picture now. But what about this problem? Help us understand that. And then they get all excited because then they get invested and then they'll write you a check to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, that, so, so anyway, so we have a pitch deck, which we don't change for every, every How many every slides pitch. is it? 15, maybe. Did you do it yourself? Yeah. Well, me and, me and Tony. Yeah. My co-founder. No designer. For the last round, we did get somebody yeah, yeah. to make a template because the, yeah. the, the, the last Because you got to look, and you're paying a designer anyway. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't too expensive. Um, Shout out to Ivan. 
he was Ivan. the designer in On Fleet. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he now works cool. for Blue Origin in Seattle. Oh, cool. The rocket company. Super cool. Yeah. He's like an amazing UI UX designer. He's like world class. Yeah. On Fleet has really nice UI. They do, right? But he did everything. He did the swag. He did the website. He was like, you cool. know, the designer. Yeah. But um, we're, we're building a weed brand, him and I. Yeah? Yeah. What's it called? I don't know yet. What do you think it should be called? Maybe it should be called Illegal. That one's taken. No, but yeah. we, come on, we could do that. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean with you, homie. That's what I meant. Anyway, what what what? As you look at the brand landscape, you know all the brands. I mean, come on, many of them, not all of them, but yeah, you know all the ones that you need to know. What is missing? What would you do? What's missing? Well, I think California does a really good job of of. So California is the exception, right? California has a ton of different products catering to lots of different people. But overall nationwide, it's still very either hyper-medical focused or, or kind of stoner bro focused. And there's a whole demographic that I think California is addressing really well, which is like the yoga mom or like the backpacker. or So they're you know. doing their best to address it, but is it working? I, I think it is, to be honest, because I think, I think a lot more people... I mean, if we look at the... Just talking about cannabis with the public in California today versus 2015, everybody's cool with cannabis now. Before, it's like, really? Are you like, I'm not one of those people, right? So now, I think I think brands have done a good job, kind of making it accessible and normalized, for the most part in California. It's like being gay; they like had to. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a, a thing that you just proclaim and you own it. Can we add cannabis to like LGBTQ C? C? <laughs> I feel like that I don't sometimes, know how they would feel man. About that. Yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, you can't make everybody happy. <laughs> uh, Just co-op the movement. Um, yeah, they're probably um, that's like yeah. what sexual orientation. Uh, what's it called when you um, take someone's race? Uh, appropriation. 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 Sexual yeah. orientation appropriation. That's a mouthful. That's like if, <laughs> if I what's the acronym? Sexual SOA. I'm an SOA. Every time I wear a sleeveless tee. That's a good brand for your cannabis. Uh, your cannabis <laughs> SOA. What does it stand for? It's no. an inside joke. <laughs> Don't worry about it. SOA. Yeah. yeah. SOA. Yeah. So we got the SOA. That's like how a valley girl says so. SOA. SOA. Yeah. No, shut the fuck up. It's not Pitbull. Well, that's just his lyric, but that... No one else had a tri- attribution. It was just some startup bullshit, so... Well, I, get, I guess then you and I should probably P- take Pitbull's credit for Pitbull's actually it. a pretty good businessman. Yeah. He is, man, but come on. That's like a, a classic, yeah. legendary yeah. line. Yeah. Didn't a, come from Pitbull. Yeah, no, he didn't He didn't write it, but he, he uh, made it famous, I guess. He appropriated it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where I heard it, but I don't listen to Pitbull enough to having you know, heard it from his lyrics. Worldwide. Dale. Yeah. That's Pitbull. Yeah. Anyway. I met him. Yeah. You did? Yeah. He was cool? I, I actually did business with him. Yeah. Weed business? No, no, no. Well, this is my last career uh, when I was in uh, food and beverage. He had a vodka company called Voli. Huh. You remember that? Anybody want to no. Google that? No, but I don't, <laughs> but I don't love vodka. Uh, V-O-L-I. It sounds for vodka light. And it's just vodka with less alcohol in it, which means more water. <laughs> um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's, so, it's not around anymore. That's a great transition into you 
and who you are. Is your name Steven? Yes. Steven. Have you ever seen Your Highness? No. You should. The it's lizard's weird. name is Steven. But Danny McBride says it really funny, you know? And he's Steven. like, Steven. Anyway, that's no. like a cult stoner <laughs> movie. You know? I haven't seen it. Um, so, Steven. Steven, how much weed do you smoke? Do you like weed? You know, it's changed a lot over the years. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so when I was younger, there was a period of time when it was almost daily. Uh, then I just stopped completely. Um, not for any other reason, just kind of didn't think about it too much. Uh, and then in the last five years, it's been more kind of on and off, maybe like once a week, once every other week. Uh-huh. Um, but the but the usage is very different. So before it was smoking more at a time with more people, kind of like a party, right? Yep. Now I'm much more like a little bit at a time, kind of when I need to meditate on something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's just And changed. when you smoke, what do you like? Flowers, oils? What are you? So I like flour, mm-hmm. but I don't like burning stuff like i don't like smoke you like like original packs like Um, a vape yeah so i like i like vaping um uh, flour i like vape like good good oils are great so like uh, live resins are great okay Uh, i really like the new hanu stone with their pluto brand it's probably my favorite episode came out yesterday yeah so shout out to Sevo and and hanu the the new hanu stone is awesome it's really great yeah it's a little big i like it i like it it's it doesn't fit in my pocket that well i love Sevo. i mean it's one of my great friends but that's yeah. my feedback because I just, it doesn't go in my pocket very well. I, I, I like it. So I have my, my AirPods in my pocket and uh-huh. it's kind of like that. So I don't carry uh-huh. my AirPods um, all the time. And Do you carry like, a bag? No. Never. I just have my phone in. Dude, and, that's gangster. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have, I have like my credit cards in my phone case. Yeah. Right? So I don't need anything else. No, me too. Yeah. I mean, I have a bag, like a man purse, but it only has weed in it. Like yeah, everything that I need yeah. is just on me. Well, that's why know? I like that's why I like vape cartridges because you don't need all that other stuff. Like I, I don't want to have a kit, you know. Yeah, but look, it's not the same. Man. It's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. I also don't really like pre rolls. No, they need to get better. They're not. I yeah. smoke pre rolls, but I'm not happy about it. No, I, I don't like the taste of them very much. Yeah, I always it reminds roll my me own of high joints. school weed too much. And I like rolling joints. Yeah. I'm good at it. And got a lot of practice i suppose yeah for better or worse yeah um this has been so fun man yeah thank you for being here thanks for having me man. yeah man from san francisco well from san mateo menlo park menlo park yeah close enough, <laughs> close enough. it's been a pleasure man. Cool, man thank you so much yeah thanks yeah. a lot